This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ, 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK, 1140 a.m. and streaming live on kyokradio.org. Call in at 832-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then. Got me, Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. And you hear every Monday at 11 a.m., 11 to 12 on KWWJ and KYOK. And that's 1360 a.m., 96.9 FM, 1140 a.m. And Mr. Producer, just let this run for about 10 or 15 seconds. I love this song. We're going to play it in its entirety at the end. It's an old John Denver song. It's fantastic. And he wrote it about his wife. But his wife said it always reminded her of a prayer. And that's how we're going to look at it today. Like a prayer. All right, Houston, I have a guest of mine here today. We can cut the song there now. A guest of mine. It is... Uh, a very interesting topic, a very powerful topic, because some people talk about seniors and the issues related to seniors. People talk about mental health. They talk about all kinds of things, dementia, Alzheimer's. And I wanted to get someone here who could really help us understand what is all of that. And I have a feeling people are afraid to talk about it, but they shouldn't be afraid to talk about it because it's part of life's natural evolution, and it happens to so many people in our families. So I have from Amazing Place, Miss Jill Thompson. Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gilbert. Thanks for having me today. Well, we're so glad to have you. Let me ask you something. So first of all, what is Amazing Place? Is that a nonprofit? What do y'all do? Just tell us real quick. So Amazing Place has been around for 25 years, and we are a nonprofit. We are faith-based. We are governed by 16 different churches and we are here to help those suffering from dementia, their families, their caregivers, and, and the community as a whole that surround those individuals. So what is dementia? Well, think of dementia as an umbrella term. And then there are, uh, it's a disease process, and it's a, think of it as an umbrella term. And underneath that umbrella, you have causes of dementia, such as Alzheimer's, uh, vascular dementia, Lewy body dementia, dementia that comes along with Parkinson's disease. But 60 to 80% of all dementia is due to Alzheimer's. So it is the prevalent cause of dementia. I'm going to have to talk about that in a moment. I think we already have a caller, though. Do we have a caller there on the line? Is there Mr. Isidro Garza there on the line? Uh, this is he. Isidro, this is Gilbert Garcia, a tip from Gilbert. And I have my guest who's really a mental health expert focusing on dementia and Alzheimer's. Yes, Dr. Gil, this is Isidro Garza. I have uh, my mother is uh, I'm blessed to have my mother with us. She's 93 years old. Uh, and uh, during the day, uh, uh, she is really crisp. Uh, her mind is crisp and all, and uh, like nothing. Uh, and then, and then once it, the sun starts setting, uh, she starts going into like another phase of maybe even fear. Uh, is that part of what you're talking about? So the question is, is, um, you know, is fear and those things part of dementia? Is that part of this whole process when people are very crisp in the morning and by in the afternoon, they somehow start getting they're changing? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, there are a lot of normal aging changes that occur as we all age. And so it is normal sometimes for as we age for our minds to our processing to slow down as we get fatigued. Uh, you'll see that even more with someone with dementia, especially you hear people have heard about sundowning, where in the afternoons and in the evenings, um, people get more confused it has to do 
with the sun setting. And so that's a little different than normal aging changes. But it is normal for all of us, for our brains, to the processing of our brains to slow down as we fatigue. But it's even worse with those with dementia. Interesting. Mr. Isidro Garza, tell us something. 92 years young. What's her secret? How has she been able to maintain this, you know, this wonderful, glorious life? 93. 93. Who's counting? 93. (laughs) I mean, I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible. We we are nine in our family. She had nine kids. I was one of them. Uh, And uh, oh, we are so just so blessed uh, to have her. And we have such good times and every time that I'm with her a big smile comes on her face and uh, and then and then uh, sometimes our, our family will say well you know she's not remembering much things and then I'll get into some some deep uh, conversation I said who was that that lived back in 1961 and she would get rattle up and <laughs> the answer uh, uh, so she's, uh, we're really blessed uh, just to be able to share our dear mother for this, the, the, the length of our life. And now she's 93. That and, is and amazing. I, th- I think she's going to live to be about 180. <laughs> <laughs> Before you go, Mr. Garza, tell me this. I know you led a whole group of Lulakers down to Uvalde. Tell us about that and just, you know, let the listeners know what's happening down there. Because you were there on the ground, yeah. right? Yes, absolutely. But let me just uh, say uh, uh, that uh, we have uh, uh, amongst us uh, a a great leader uh, that he never talks about it, but uh, 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 Gilbert uh, uh, has uh, been a leader in the Hispanic community, in the community in general. Uh, but uh, he's he's absolutely a leader in business, uh, and his record indicates that he runs a seventeen billion dollar operation. Uh, but there's another side of him, and that is, anytime that that he sees a need, particularly in, in if it's economics, he's a, 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 a. We thank you and everyone that went with us. We, we took three buses. Uh, um, uh, Gilbert, we thank you for having uh, uh, financed uh, that trip down there. And most of the people that went with us would not have been able to, to, to go down there, uh, but for but for your intervention. And like that, Gilbert Gilbert's always getting involved. Like this Friday, we're having a forum on uh, uh, on 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 uh, 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 gun control. Uh, and it's, it's legislators talking to teachers, the American Federation of Teachers, LULAC, uh, of which uh, is the vice, vice president of, uh, and, uh, and the Great Houston Coalition for Justice. We're putting a forum together between five and seven, and we hope everybody makes it. Oh, that is great. Tell us a little bit about that. Where's it going to be? It's going to be at, at the uh, at the Peace uh, uh, Center uh, on uh, on Bel Air and and Fornes, uh, 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 place uh, and, and uh, beautiful setting. Uh, it's it's courtroom setting. Uh, there'll be very limited seating, maybe about a hundred and fifty. Uh, but all the media will be there. We'll have uh, several legislators. I'll mention a few. Uh, 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 Representative Rosenthal, Pe- Re- Representative Penny Shaw, uh, Morales, uh, 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 Representative Ron Reynolds, uh, and we'll have members of the American Federation for Teachers uh, present, and uh, and the State Board of Education trustee that 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 she covers, uh, Georgina Perez. She covers El Paso and Uvalde, so she's been really close with you know what's going to happen now in school uh, when school comes around to those those children. And and you're talking about mental health. You know how 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 does anyone ever recover from that? Well, I tell you, when you think about it, Isidro, can you imagine? It's hard enough being a teacher and teaching, and now you want them to be, you know, uh, police officers. I just think it's something that's just. Uh, I hope they get hazard pay. These people talking about it, they should get hazard pay for crying out loud if they're now going to be first responders. But holy cow, what is going on in this country? Yes, and uh, of course, uh, my position is very, very simple. What's common about all, all uh, seven, uh, the mass shootings, the recent mass shootings, it's two things, two things that are common. Uh, when you do Kevin and go decision-making uh, process, you look at what, what, what changed or what is different or what's the same. And in all, all, all of those cases, 
It was an AR-15, and, and they were between the ages of 17 and 22. So, you know, the answer is right in front of us. Uh, we just don't don't want to do the right thing. Well, I can't wait to be there Friday. Uh, and one more time, it's from what time to what time, Isidro? Between 5 and 7, but it's going to be on all the TV stations. Wonderful. Wonderful. And thank you for those kind words about me, Isidro. You're, you're a gentleman. That's Isidro Garza talking to Houston. We'll have you back on the show here next week, hopefully, Isidro. God bless you. God bless uh, you, doctor, my friend. Uh, doctor, we're looking forward to more of your advice. Thank you. Thank you, Isidro. So, Jill, let's go back for a second. Um, is it just me? But it seems that people, when it comes to, um, you know, sort of mental health, it's like, oh, my God, my parents have dementia. I mean, it's just real, like, nobody wants to talk about it. Um, why is that? Shouldn't we all be talking about it? All sorts of mental health, mental health issues, because it affects everybody. Yeah. Well, uh, dementia, one in nine individuals over age 65 has some form of dementia. And age is the greatest risk factor for dementia. When you get to age 85, it jumps up to one in three. So wow. dementia is going to affect all of us in some way, either directly directly or indirectly. And so, you know, one of the things we, uh, our vision at Amazing Place is to end the stigma of dementia. Amen. Amen. Because if we can't talk about it and people can't be open about it, then they're not going to be able to get the help they need. Many people are scared to go get that diagnosis, uh, but it's important to get that diagnosis. It's important to get the treatment and the education for the person with dementia and the support and education for the person who's caring for one with dementia. So we really need to be talking about it. We really need people to feel comfortable interacting with others in their family or their friends or their churches who have dementia. And so what are some of the, I mean, let's, okay, let's pretend me, I'm 59. What symptoms would be something that I'd say, you know what, I better get tested. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are some of the things people should look out for? Right. So we talk a lot about what is normal aging versus versus what is dementia? What is something that may be a red flag that you okay. should go get maybe checked out about? You know, again, I mentioned earlier that it is normal for our thinking processes to slow down as we age, but with someone with dementia, it's a totally a true disruption of the processes in the brain. So it's different. For instance, um, we give the example of it's normal for me to maybe forget where I put my keys. Mm -hmm. You know, I might walk in one day and I put them on the kitchen counter or I might drop Happens them in. Happens to me all the time. Yeah. I have to have those little things that tell me where everything is on everything. Uh-huh. But, and so that's normal, but we can backtrack and we can find them. It's not normal if, for instance, you cannot explain how your keys ended up in the refrigerator for the mm. third time. So things like that. It is normal for some of us to miss a payment on something. We get distracted. We forget to pay the bill. Someone with dementia begins to have trouble even managing their finances. Very interesting. Yes. Very interesting. So let me ask you this. To diagnose it, do you, I don't know, do you get a blood work? I mean, how, how do you, is there such a thing as you go get a test and they say, ah, you have it. And what is that test? Well, it's, it's, it's different. Neurologists can give you a better answer about that, but there's a lot of cognitive screening tests that they do. Um, they can do an MRI to look for things. They can do CAT scans and other brain scans. Um, and sometimes it comes down to ruling out everything else that might be causing the cognitive decline. Very, very fascinating. I think we have another caller, so stay with us here. We're going to come back with Miss Jill in a second. We have a Kathy Gunter on the line. Yes, sir. Kathy, Hello. how are you? I'm a little salty. <laughs> a little salty? Well, talk to us. You're here on a tip from Gilbert, and you're talking to Houston right now. Stephanie? I'm here. Uh, thank you so much for uh, letting me have the platform once again. I had an, We had an election for the Houston Community College trustee position for District 2. We've been without representation since December of 2021. Anyway, the election was uh, was very short. Uh, we only had mm, a little bit over 2,000 people to uh, come out and vote. So the enrollment, I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, election 
uh, voter was low. It was a low turnout. I uh, lost my 166 votes according to, uh, well, I'll say a mail ballot, mail, mail ballot. Uh, returns came in all of a sudden. So we got uh, a plethora of mail ballots that came in, which uh, gave my opponent a, a huge advantage. So I just wanted to give you an update and let you know what was going on with that election. And, um, you know, that's that's what happened, and that's the way it is. Well, I'm hugging you on the phone because I appreciate anyone who wants to do public service. What is going on with all these mail ballots? Do you, do you have a—I mean, you're on the inside. You just went through it. What is going on with that, and is it a real issue or not? Oh, I believe it's a definitely real issue. When you have people that that vote in such a mass number, and many of the people may be in, in homes, may be in uh, nursing homes, and when these people are sending in their mail ballots, you know, we just have to be sure that they're the ones who sending it in. Uh, and many times that's what happens. So um, somebody may be helping them fill it out, or because most of them are not familiar with the candidates, don't know who to vote for, and it's very seldom that you can all get into a, you know, a facility like that. Or even when I, you know, I knock on doors, and I've had the experience myself of knocking on some doors and asking people have they voted, and they may give me information. It's for example, one of the gentlemen, he was blind. He said he couldn't fill it out, but his wife normally fills it out for him, and she said she hadn't got a got around to it. So sometimes you run into situations where the health is a definite concern and those people are not able to fill out the ballots for themselves. So you may have, you know, someone else that's unauthorized mm-hmm. to fill out those ballots for them. And, you know, that 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 information I think is real. I think it can happen. And I think it's something to be very watchful for in, you know, in future elections, just be very watchful of those numbers. And if something seems strange, say something. One of the ladies got a ballot and didn't have anything in it. It was just an empty envelope. You know, so I, I spoke with that voter. She was not able to vote because she has a sick daughter at home. She couldn't leave, and she was not able to get her ballot to the polls. She, you know, she called, tried to get another ballot, but sometimes they just don't come fast enough. And, and, you know, so it's different reasons. It's some discrepancies made by Harris County. Um, They didn't send out the ballot to three, I think about four or five days before the election. Normally the ballots are sent out 30 days prior to the election. So there's some discrepancies. There's some things that happen. Uh, uh, But nevertheless, you know, I'm happy and very grateful for the people that did go out and vote. I'm very thankful for that because it was a few people that actually voted and um, in this election. And so, you know, that's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, I so appreciate you calling in. All I can say to Houston is, like my mom said, if you don't vote, don't complain. So don't make complain. sure you vote. You got to <laughs> vote. And, you know, I don't know about you, Miss Gunter, but this is the year 2022, and we're still dealing with the ballots didn't go out in time, and we got paper ballots. I mean, I just don't understand it. At the end of the day, this is the year 2022, and, you know, I can check my AC at home. I can check my lights. I can check everything on an app from my phone. So it just Absolutely. seems to me we got to do better. Miss Gunter. Thank you for being on the show, and please You're call so again. I will do. Thank you so much, Gilbert. Thank you, madam. So I'm going to come back to the whole thing on Alzheimer's. You said something. So there's dementia is the term for all these sort of mental illnesses. So what is Parkinson's? Well, Parkinson's is a neurological um, disease. It primarily affects movement for the most part, but it can have some cognitive components to Parkinson's. Producer, the, 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 the sound's going in and out, in and out. So I just want to make sure we're... The, the people can hear it. Go ahead. So, yeah, so Parkinson's is primarily movement disorder, um, but it can have a cognitive component to it um, that causes some memory decline, some uh, other judgment issues. You know, the, the thing about um, dementia, and one of the things we like to educate people about it at Amazing Place is dementia is not just a memory problem. Um, dementia also affects our, um, our personality 
ability, our reasoning. It can affect um, our, our word finding. We may have some aphasia. And so it's, it's not just a memory problem. There's, it can affect all parts of our brain. Um, and, and sometimes it can get uh, misdiagnosed, especially if it's um, frontotemporal dementia, which tends to affect our personality first. Um, and so it's really important to get that diagnosis, to know what uh, you're dealing with and to know how to treat it. And how did you get involved? You know, what what motivated you? Did was did somebody have it in your family or anything like that? Well, my husband's grandmother um, had Alzheimer's disease, and I watched his mother care for her um, for twenty years. Uh, my my background is as a physical therapist, and for twenty years I worked with um, neurological patients, and so uh, many of those neurological patients did have some form of dementia. Um, also, uh, at the time. I'm at uh, four or five years ago, Amazing Place was looking for someone to work with their faith communities hmm. um, through our Faith Care Connection Project. And so um, I have a, a, a big faith background. My husband is, a, is an Episcopal priest and uh, working with in the healthcare field with people with dementia. Um, so it became a natural fit for me in this, in this role. Oh, how wonderful. I want to come back to that in a moment. Uh, we have another caller here. Is there a ver- Bernita on the line? Yes, I'm here, Gilbert. How are you? Good morning to everyone. Miss Bernita, you are on a tip from Gilbert Talk, inspiration and prayer. And what do you got for me? Okay, um, I'm Bernita Matwire. I'm the owner and elder care consultant for Matwire Roundtable Consulting. For the last 23 years uh, in the greater Houston area, I have uh, made sure our seniors are well taken care of. And um, for 23 years, I've helped them in the community with resources, facility placement, or, or sitter companion care if they need it in their home or in their family's home, wherever they're living. So just overall, um, doing what I can do for the seniors out in the community. Well, that, you know, that's like, you're like a holy person because that's such an (laughs) incredible, no, I really mean it. That's an incredible calling to help seniors. You know, the thing about seniors, I've been going to uh, many of these senior facilities. They've been kind enough to let me come in and visit. Miss Edna Griggs has gotten me uh, visiting several. They have so much knowledge and they know so much more than people realize. And when you visit with them and you hear the things, it's unbelievable what they know. And I just think it's wonderful that you're there helping them. So let me ask you this. Uh, What got you involved? Did did you have a family member or, or how did you get this calling? I believe my calling came from the amazing uh, set of three grandparents that helped rear me (laughs) into the woman that I am today. Um, They all lived to be at least 93 to 92 years old. And my great-grandparents, the same, well, my two great-grandmothers. And I just was always around loving, caring elders. And even in our family, we just it just was very natural to care for them when they got older. And and I think that's where it came from for me. Well, that is a beautiful story. I'm going to give you the last word. What else you got to say to Houston before we sign you off? Uh, Houston, if you you or your family members need any resources, facility placement, or sitter companion care, please give me a call. My name is Bernita McGuire, 832-427-9347. And if I don't have the answer, I'll find the answer for you. Bernita, that is wonderful. Thank you very much for being on our show. And I hope you call in again. Thank you. And Gilbert, congratulations on your show and the service that you provide to the community. You guys do an awesome job. Amen. Thank you for that compliment. Uh, You're very welcome. Thank you. So, Jill, let's come back to you for a second. So, your husband is an Episcopal minister. Correct. Okay. How many people in his, I don't know the right word, parish? Con- yes. Congregation? Mm-hmm. How many of them, I mean, does he see Alzheimer's often and are people coming to him and saying, uh, I'm Catholic, so we say father. Mm-hmm. Do, do y'all say pastor? Uh, he, he's priest. Priest. Yes. Uh, do people say priest? We're going through this very hard time. My my mother is this or my grandmother is that. How often does he hear that and face that? So, you know, I think it, it's, it, it fluctuates, you know. Um, um, they, I think 
priests and pastors hear it a lot from their congregation because they trust them. Right. They want their advice. And so that is part of what's great about our Faith Care Connection program is, you know, priests, pastors, they they know a lot, but they don't know everything, right? And, right. and dementia is a very specialized um, area of knowledge. And so what we've been able to do for from our Faith Care Connection program is we partner with churches and say, hey, we want to help you with your pastoral care to individuals in your church who maybe have signs and symptoms, have a diagnosis or caring for someone, especially if someone has a diagnosis and they live alone, you know, and so we are able to then, um, with the help of the pastor, go see those individuals in their homes, get to know them, form a relationship with them, and then help with next step advice and what resources are in the community to help them. And, and really just try to be a part of that journey with them because dementia is a journey. Um, someone diagnosed with dementia can, 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 can live two to 20 years after mm-hmm. the diagnosis. Average is probably seven to eight. But it is a journey for that person and for that caregiver. And it's a changing journey because it is a progressive disease. The caregiving part, that's an interesting one because mm-hmm. you have to be an angel to be a caregiver. I mean, it is very emotionally taxing, physically taxing. I mean, it's got to be one of the most difficult things there is. Yeah, so we um, at Amazing Place, we have a wonderful caregiver class called Savvy Caregiving. And it's uh, a four-week class designed for those people in the weeds right now of caring for someone with dementia. And one of the things that our educator, uh, Sharon, talks about in that class is that caregivers of someone with dementia take on roles they never thought they would have Mm -hmm. to take on. You know, um, they may become driver, um, uh, accountant, um, um, you know, activities director, you know, you name it. A spouse, a loved one is taking on a role they never thought they would have to. And so it becomes very stressful and it's important for the caregiver to have support and knowledge and understanding and to also know that they are not alone in this journey. I think it's wonderful that y'all have a class to train these um, uh, caregivers. Mm -hmm. I think that's fantastic. we have another caller, though. Is there a Miss Stephanie on the phone? Yes. Hey, Gilbert. Stephanie, how are you? I am good. You're on a tip from Gilbert. Talk inspiration and prayer with Amazing Places' Jill Thompson. Talking about sort of mental diseases, dementia, Parkinson's, and the like, Alzheimer's. But what do you got for me, Stephanie? You know, I was just listening to uh, to your guests talking, and you know, my my dad had uh, dementia, and we dealt with that for years with him, and he he passed away when he was seventy nine, and uh, it would have been nice to have someone to give us that some sort of guidance along the way because um, he was in Midland. My sister did all the heavy lifting, I did all the paperwork, but she had to deal with the nursing homes and and just dealing with him on it daily basis so uh it's good to know that there are there are resources out there because uh back when my dad passed away we didn't know of those type of resources so i commend her for the work that they're doing that is great well let me ask you this stephanie did you see it as someone who saw who witnessed it saw it was it like a a very fast event or was it just like a slow motion thing that every six months you could tell something new something new or was it just like a cliff you know it was it was slow for me because i would only go home twice a year um and my dad would always think that i was my niece my sister's daughter and so things like that um but for her, it, it was slow. It was slow until the very end. It was it was very fast, and he really didn't know us. Um, it was it was really fast at the end. But over about a five year period, it was a slow progression. Wow! Of well, just seeing his diminished memory, and and my dad was always such a sweet and loving person, but his personality actually changed to where he was very, he was he just turned really mean toward the end, mean more toward us, the family, than uh, other caregivers, like in the nursing home. So I guess he just took out all of his frustrations on 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 those that 
um, I guess he knew us in a sense, although he couldn't remember names and things like that. But he he turned into a really mean person toward the end. And that was hard to deal with, knowing that he was such a sweet and loving person throughout our lives. Stephanie, that is so amazing that you would share this with all of us. And let me ask my guest real quick, and please stay for a second, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Miss Jill, is that common that the personality does a complete 180 and they become, you know, I don't know the right word, irritable, mean, unhappy? I mean, is that common? You know, that is that is common. Um, I mentioned one of the the aspects of dementia is that it can you can have personality, see personality changes depending on where in the brain the your brain is affected um but yes, that is common. And sometimes it happens earlier in the disease process. Sometimes it happens later in the disease process. And the other thing our savvy caregiver class it does is it gives caregivers a way, we call it contented involvement, how to keep your loved one contentedly involved so that they don't have those anger outbursts and those anxiety outbursts. You know, most, a lot of times, those difficult behaviors, as we call them, are due to the fact that there's something going on that they can't communicate. They don't know how. And so that causes anxiety and causes outburst. And mm-hmm. so that's another important thing for people who are caring for someone with dementia um, to know and, and, to, and to learn not to take some of those things personally. Well, you know, Miss Stephanie, uh, there's a really great, and, and, and Jill, a really great documentary about Glenn Campbell. And I don't know if you've seen it. Glenn Campbell, of course, was the famous singer, and he sang those songs like "Like a Rhinestone Cowboy," and then he sang that song uh, uh, "Southern Nights" and "Galveston," oh, you know, all those songs. Well, he got dementia, and he and his family were touring, and it got to the point it was like his last tour. And it's a fantastic documentary, and it's all real. And near the end, he started forgetting things, forgetting the words to the song, forgetting that he's on stage about to perform. And he would get very angry, and you could see him getting angry with his family members. And what's interesting is what I noticed on that video, I mean, the documentary is, it's not so much he was getting angry at them as he was just getting angry at the inability to do things mm-hmm. and they were there. Mm-hmm. It was more like they were collateral damage, so to speak. And then when he passed, uh, the family's there and uh, and they chose to remember the good times. It's, a, it's just a beautiful documentary about the cycle of life and what we all kind of go through from time to time. So I highly recommend it. Stephanie, I think you would, it would resonate yeah, with you. Yeah, I yeah, forgot the name of it, yeah. but it's a very famous documentary. It's not that old on Glenn Campbell. Well, I'm going to give you the last word, Stephanie. What else do you want to say to Houston or to my guest here from Amazing Place? Well, you know, I, I just, um, I started listening in. I was actually calling in to talk about the Juneteenth Parade. I, I had the, the honor of participating in it this uh, this weekend. But um, so I caught the, the tail end of your conversation. Um, and so I'm just so glad that I called in because, you know, it's it's just good to know that there are resources out there. When people ask me about, you know, how we dealt with my dad, now I have something to tell them, you know, that if you're dealing with this, with this, there are actually some resources out there and resources here in Houston that they can, that they can, um, that they can use. So I'm, I'm just really grateful that I, that I called you. Well, I'll talk more about Juneteenth. I, I think what I'm really grateful for is you would share it with Houston because it's a way of telling people if you're out there in Houston and you're going through something like this, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and it's, it's just the Lord's way of dealing with the cycle of life. And so, Stephanie, thank you very much for being on the show and talking about this issue. And I sure hope you call again. Thank you. Thank you, Gilbert. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. So, Jill, that's a, that's a very interesting, uh, the concept of personality change and, you know, sort of getting mean, getting angry. And I don't know if they're getting angry because they're getting angry or they're getting angry because they used to be able to do things and they're not able to. And that just, you know, you don't even know you're getting angry. 
Right. I would agree with that, especially in the earlier stages of dementia. Um, sometimes people in the very mild stages are still working. They're still driving and they're able to compensate. But as a family member, you might notice that, um, let's say you have a particular hobby of, of working on cars and all of a sudden your loved one quits doing that or they get angry while they're doing it. it, it you know, that may be a red flag because they're getting angry because they know they're supposed to know how to do this and they can't. Um, and one thing I wanted to point out from our last caller, she talked about us have uh, there being resources. I wanted to point out if, if people are concerned and they go to our website, which is www.amazingplacehouston.org, they'll see a red bar at the top of our website. And it says, I have dementia or someone I care about has dementia and I need help, click here. All you have to do is click on that red bar and you can, um, it'll take you directly to uh, where you can put in some information. And one of our care consultants will get back to you in two to three business days to see what we can do to help you. Oh, how wonderful. What's the website again? Let's say it one more time. Yeah, it's www.amazingplacehouston.org. How, um, well, you know what? They don't call it Amazing Place for nothing because <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I think we have another caller there. Do we have another caller? <laughs> Is there a Mr. Muhammad? Yes, sir. How are you, Gilbert? Is this Mr. Warren Muhammad, the Warren Muhammad? <laughs> Let me just say something about the Warren Muhammad. No, Mr. Muhammad is such a gentleman, and he allowed me and my firm and a lot of us to there participate in the Acres Home Chamber event uh, yesterday, of course, celebrating Juneteenth and everything else. Mr. Muhammad, you're a real treasure to the community. Speak to us. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And Gibb, I want to thank you for you and your, your family and, and folks coming out to our event. And man, you have such a magnetic and dynamic personality. You lit the whole place up. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but listen, I, I, I want to uh, thank those and ask, ask your, your listening artists to follow and support the Acres Home Chamber for Business and Economic Development. That was really a victory for us. Uh, on Saturday, we just opened up our doors after a two-year hiatus because of the pandemic, not more than three months ago. So it took a lot of work and effort, and thanks to people like yourself and other sponsors who assisted us, we were able to pull off that event, and it was a, a, a real a real victory all around. It's, this was the first national celebration of Juneteenth, and we were able to participate in Acres Homes in that national celebration. So I think that was, that was good. Yeah, you're, you're getting uh, some applause here for the studio audience. Uh, well, Mr. Muhammad, I think that's one. First of all, thank you for what you said about me. But more importantly, thank you for being you. And I want to just make sure our listeners know, I just Googled Juneteenth. So I'm going to just read that real quick. Juneteenth okay. is a federal holiday in the U.S. commemorating the emancipation of enslaved African Americans. Juneteenth marks the anniversary of the announcement of General Order Number no. 3 by Union Army General Gordon Granger on June 19, 1865, proclaiming freedom for enslaved people in Texas. So it's about when it came the word to Texas. But you know, Mr. Muhammad, I just can't help but to think about, remember, the slaves were, were freed at the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863. Right. So it's just amazing it took that long for the word and for it to get here to Texas. Uh, right. I mean, well, here, it, it's amazing. Yeah, here, here's the thing that, that, that gets unnoticed. The Emancipation Proclamation in 1863 really didn't free anyone because the, the people that it set out to free were living in another country. At that time, the South, the Confederate, was a separate country with its own government, and they didn't recognize it. So it wasn't until the war was over in 1865 that they had pacified the rebellion that they were able to actually set free those who were enslaved. Well, you know, here, part of it. here's another one with, for you, Mr. Muhammad. I was also Googling that the population 
in the state of Texas. I couldn't get it for 1865 when Juneteenth happened, but I got it in 1860. The population of Texas was 604,000, and it doesn't quite define who was counted in that population. But are you ready for this? The number of slaves in Texas was 183,000. So that means roughly 30% of everybody in Texas, one of three just about, was a slave. Can you believe that? Right, right. And that, that, that slave labor helped to make Texas the economic powerhouse that it became. Well, I, want to add one, I want to add one other thing. A lot do. of people don't know the, don't know the history of the, the, uh, the Texas war against, with Mexico for independence. And, and I pointed out to people the close alliance between the African-American and the Latino or Hispanic community. Because at that time, Mexico had outlawed slavery. And it was the white settlers, slave masters, who wanted to continue with slavery that rose up to rebel against Mexico to get freedom because they wanted to keep their slaves. Well, it's interesting you say that. I had a guest, Mr. Chris Tomlinson, one of the writers for the Chronicle, and he has an incredible book. And he talks about the Alamo. Again, people say critical race theory. That's nonsense. It's about real history. And ultimately, uh, he said, no, no, the whole Alamo was about slavery because they did not want to give up slavery. And Mexico had already outlawed slavery. And that's what it's all about. Well, Mr. Muhammad, I'm going to give you the last word. What do you want to say to Houston? I want to say to Houston to uh, go to our website, acreshomechamber.com. Become a member and support our efforts in our community and our work in the the city at large. Uh, We're a nonprofit 501c3 organization, and we're just trying to do some good for our people wherever they live. Come and join us, support us, and and thank you again, Gil, for your support. We we look forward to continuing our relationship with you and with your station, and we want to do everything we can to move, move the ball forward. Amen, my friend. Well, thank you for being on the show. All right, Houston, you're here with Gilbert. A tip from me, talk inspiration and prayer. Again, we have my guest from, uh, again, it's called Amazing Place, Miss Jill Thompson. So coming back, Miss Jill. So is it that there's just more mental uh, diseases, more Alzheimer's, or is it that we're now talking about it? Or is it that people are living longer? But somehow you're starting to hear a little bit more about it. What's really going on? Well, you know, with our aging population, um, there are ramifications of this, and they're sometimes referred to as the silver tsunami. Um, There's a lot of statistics uh, surrounding the rise of dementia in our nation and in Texas. Um, You know, the number of people in the U.S. age 65 and older is expected to skyrocket as baby boomers begin turning 85 in the next 10 years. Um, We expect it to go from 58 million over age 65 in 2021 to projected 88 million in 2050. So there are more people aging. Let me just just go through that one more time. Those are powerful numbers. So going back, so this is age 75 and older? This is 65 and older. 65 and older. Mm -hmm. We're going to go from how many in the country? We're going to go from, expected to go from 58 million Mm -hmm. in 2021 and it's projected to be 88 million in 2050. Wow. And when it comes to Alzheimer's disease, there are 6.5 million Americans living with Alzheimer's. And by 2050, it's estimated to be 13 million Americans. So double. Yes. It's going to double. It's going to double. Wow. How do we get ready for that? I mean, all the we need a lot more training well, and we need a lot more resources and we need a lot more people to understand. Or, I mean, am I right? Yeah. So so one of the things we like to talk about in our community education is how to slow down the progression of dementia and how to even slow down the onset of dementia and you can do that through proper foods there's a memory preservation nutrition program that we embrace at amazing place it's all about brain healthy foods what what are some of those oh so um, through the memory preservation nutrition program um, things like spices and herbs nuts and seeds those uh, are good for you yes green leafy vegetables um 
things of that nature are good for your brain. Um, and exercise, of course, is good for your brain too. You get that blood flow going, get that oxygen to your brain, um, stress reduction. So there are a lot of things out there that you can do. And we practice all of these things in our day program. I have yet to mention our day program, but it's an, it's an on, we have an on-site and a virtual option for people who are in the mild to moderate stages of dementia. And so in our day program, in person and virtual, we embrace all of these things that can help slow down the progression of the disease. So one is food, mm-hmm. another's exercise. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a silly thing to say, but I can't help it because I'm just a citizen out there in the world. Uh, is there a pill? Is there a, a, a smoothie drink I can drink? I mean, is there something like that that I can do to prevent it? There is no, there is no cure for Alzheimer's. No um, there are many studies and and that's beyond my knowledge, but uh, are happening right now to try to see about preventing it. In fact, I just heard on the Today Show this morning a study they're doing at Vanderbilt with people over age 50 who don't have a diagnosis of dementia necessarily, and they're going to follow them through, you know, for many. It's a long-term study, um, and they're actually looking at um, heart health and brain health um, going together and seeing if there's a link. So there's a lot of studies going on out there to see if there's a way to prevent dementia. Uh, But there's no pill or there's no uh, cure, but there are ways that we know of through exercise, food, stress reduction, socialization, um, memory enhancement strategies to try to slow down this process. Even people who have a diagnosis, if they... Uh, follow some of these healthy eating habits we talk about, exercise regularly, get good sleep. It can slow down the process, the disease process. We, you know, an amazing place, we had to shut down for about uh, 13 months, I think, during the pandemic. Um, We were able to open back up. But there was a real change when our participants came back um, from being gone that long. Um, When they came back, there was a real change in their cognitive status because Mm. they weren't getting that socialization. They weren't getting those brain healthy meals. They weren't necessarily getting that exercise. And so it really showed us that these um, steps, these, these things you can put into place are really important for the person with dementia. Well, let me ask you this. Um, who funds y'all? I mean, how, how are you able to do the, all these things? Well, our funding comes from a variety of sources. We get a lot of grants um, from foundations, and, and we have some support from our local churches, and then, of course, individual um, donations. And then we do have, for our day program, we do have program fees. Um, but all of our community Community education and classes that I've mentioned, they're all free for the community. How wonderful. So let's go through. If I had to say, what is the menu of things that you have? Let's go through them all. One is the, the training. Okay. For caregivers. Right. So so we have our day program. That's that's sort of one way we serve. And the day program is what? That's our for people for mild to moderate dementia. They can come. We're open from 7.30 to 6. Uh, you know, people can come one day a week, five days a week, whatever they choose. They get their brain healthy meals again, their socialization, um, a lot of artwork because art's good oh, for the great. brain. And how many people participate in that? You know, we, we've had to, uh, we have an average of about four. 45 people a day right now. We had a, we had closer to 65, I believe. I don't have those numbers exactly sure. um, before the pandemic. Um, but then beyond the day program, our whole connections department, which is what I'm a part of, is all about um, caregiver support and community education. So we have that caregiver class, savvy caregiver class. We have support group. Um, we have our care consultation. Support we, group meaning for caregivers. For caregivers. Care so they can giver. share stories mm-hmm. of that they're not alone. Correct. We have our care consultation, which as I mentioned, you say I've I'm caring for someone with dementia. I don't know what to do. We start walking with you through that process. And then we have our classes in the community. We have um, we have a fun memory enhancement training classes. So for people who don't have dementia, it's for people over 50 who are having those normal aging changes I mentioned at the beginning. Why did I walk into this room? Mm-hmm. And so that's a fun 
interactive strategy class to take. We have an aging solo class at Amazing Place. And that's all about, that again, is not for people with dementia. It's about empowering seniors as they age to be able to age the way they want to. How great. Now, that's a beautiful line. Empowering them so they can age how they want to. Mm -hmm. Explain where you're located. So Amazing Place, we have uh, our location, our physical location is at 3735 Drexel here in Houston. We are currently in a campaign um, to build a second campus out in the Katy area. Oh, how wonderful. And so if someone wanted to get more involved, what's the website again? It's www.amazingplacehouston.org or you can call 713-552-0420. All right, let's go. We got another caller here. We have a Miss Dahlia. Is there a Miss Dahlia there? Hi, yes, this is Mr. Gilbert. Miss Dahlia, you have me, Gilbert, a tip from Gilbert, and my special guest here from Amazing Place. What do you got for me or Miss Jill? Hi. I actually just wanted to talk to you, Mr. Gilbert, a little bit about this past weekend. I know, as uh, everyone's known, it was Juneteenth, which was such an amazing thing. So I just kind of wanted to give a little insight about how amazing the parade was, because I was able to go in and experience it. And I just felt that it's something that I should share. Is that okay with you? Please, please. Were, Were you in it or were you watching it? I was lucky enough to actually be in it, which was such an amazing experience. Um, As I was walking down, I got to see all these smiling faces, and that's just something that you don't typically see every day. It was just so amazing just being able to celebrate something so powerful and so meaningful, especially to those of black uh, black heritage. Um, And the thing that shocked me the most was just seeing it wasn't just black individuals who were there. It was people of all different backgrounds and different races coming together to see such a beautiful change on how much we've come and how far we've come as a country and I just thought that that was such an amazing experience uh, just to be able to witness that firsthand and I really do encourage more individuals to come next year we had a great turnout but I think that if the more people come and the more people celebrate it'll just make it that much more memorable well were there a lot of people there standing you know watching or sitting in their chairs on the sides there Oh, there were tons of people. We got to walk through and every five minutes or actually, no, every five seconds, let me correct. There was just people just standing there, lining up, waving, celebrating. We were able to pass out some candy and some good motivational talks to them. It was just a great experience being able to see everyone um, coming from everywhere just to celebrate that for sure. Is it your first parade? It was actually, yeah. That was it, it was so memorable for me just because I haven't been able to experience anything like that. And that was just something really memorable. Were you able to go to the parade? I was in the parade myself. And let me tell you, I can tell you, there, there was an old song by uh, uh, Buster Poindexter. And it, it was like that song goes, um, hot, hot, hot. I mean, it was it was hot, hot, hot. Uh, I don't know if you were hot, but I was hot, hot, hot. I think that's how the song goes. Uh, were you hot out there? It was hot. It was. I think I might have lost about like five pounds in sweat. I know it was definitely one for the books. I think it felt like 100 degrees. But, I mean, it was totally worth it at the end of the day just to be able to still see everyone's smiling faces to celebrate such a momentous occasion. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful as well. Um, you know, what an incredible history, the whole Juneteenth, what it means and what it meant for those 183,000 slaves back then mm-hmm. in, in 1860, where they were finally realized that they were free. Can you imagine that being free and you don't even know and no telling what atrocities were done in those two years when they didn't even know. Holy cow. Well, I really appreciate you, Dahlia. I'm going to give you the last word, Dahlia. So next year, what do you want to tell young people about getting involved in the community, registering to vote, getting involved in parades and making your voice heard? Definitely. Thank you. I just want to, for the people of my generation, I think it's just so important for us to vocalize because we are the future and we have so much say and we have so much power that we can make a change. And so please register to vote. You have the power to dictate how you want this country to turn out. If we get involved with such parades or such organizations that can make a change, you really don't understand how powerful your voice can be until you start speaking. So I really do encourage everyone to just step out of their comfort zone a little bit and to just go out and make some memorable changes. Amen. Miss Dahlia, thank you for being on a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. And I hope you call again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Mr. Gilbert. Wonderful. Let's come back, Joe. Let me ask you this. Uh, is dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, is, is that covered by health insurance? 
I mean, in other words, is there financial support for people? Well, yes. I mean, with people who have insurance, yes, of course. There's there's some things that are covered, um, some experimental things that are not covered. But that's, um, you know, beyond my knowledge. But as far as, yeah, I mean, these are... Does like Medicare cover it? Medicare will cover it. Medicaid will cover, um, you know, your appointments and many of your medications that doctors may give you to treat some symptoms that you're having. There's different medications, obviously, for, you know, helping to your memory when you're having memory loss there's medications you can be given to try to um, you know help those uh, anger outbursts we talked about um, earlier um, so so yes it is you know going to your doctor going to the neurologist is covered um, there may be specific treatments or tests that aren't covered just depending on insurance well let me ask you this yeah. and this may be totally unrelated in a different lane but I'm going to ask it anyway because for someone like me it seems related when you see these NFL players and they're getting these head injuries and you're not able to see their brain until of course after they've passed um, but it sounds similar somehow when you they're forgetting where they are they are irritable and angry I mean is it is are these things related sure so uh, under that d- dementia umbrella I mentioned is traumatic brain injury I see yeah traumatic brain injury is a cause of dementia so most definitely these uh, uh, continual concussions or head injuries can definitely lead to dementia as well. And it sure speeds up the process of dementia. Yeah. Well, holy cow. And so do you think that we're making enough progress on treating this disease? I mean, you know, as as someone that's involved with it, when you, you know, hear about the medical journals and this and that, I mean, are we spending enough federal dollars? Are we, are we getting to the bottom of this disease? Yeah, that that's hard for me to speak to, but I do know there, as I mentioned, there are a lot of studies going on right now, all over the country, all over the world, um, you know, trying to identify biomarkers, et cetera, that, that cause dementia. And there's been a, I think, a phenomenal increase in knowledge about um, how food and exercise and stress reduction and those kinds of things and socialization and brain stimulation can all be beneficial to delay the onset. You know, uh, scary statistic for me is that um, dementia starts, Alzheimer's starts in the brain 20 years before you ever see a symptom. No kidding. So it's important, I think, to be talking about this, not only to seniors, but to people that are 40, 50 years old or even younger, because they can eat well now, just like for your heart. You can eat well now, you can exercise well, and it can you can do these good health habits that can help slow. If you're someone that, that might get dementia down the road for whatever reason, if you start these habits early, it can help slow that progression. You could even uh, um, delay the progression of Alzheimer's and dementia by five years by eating correctly, well, by eating the right foods. In my view, it should be taught to everyone about it. Uh, it should be just like heart disease, just like mm-hmm. don't smoke, you know, cancer. It should be something we all talk about. Now, you know what they say? Like Carol Burnett. At the end of every show, she'd have that song, I'm so glad we had this time together. Can you believe this, Miss Jill? An hour's already passed. It's already passed. How did that How happen? How fun. How it did that fun. happen? Yes. And I know we have a Miss Kathy. I know we have a, a Miss Connie. We're not going to be able to get to you guys today, but I sure hope you call next week because I want to play our song again, Mr. Producer. And uh, let's go through these words because they're just incredible. It's really John Denver's prayer to God. Like a storm in the desert Like a sleepy blue ocean You fill up my senses Come fill me again Come let me love you Let me give my life to you This song is so powerful. How do you write these words? I lost the sound there, Mr. Producer. I don't know if I'm on or not, but I'm going to keep talking. 
Um, okay, I don't hear the song. I hope they can hear the song. But at the end of the day, he says here, you fill up my senses like a night in the forest, like the mountains in springtime, spring, springtime, like a walk in the rain, like a storm in the desert, like a sleepy blue ocean. It's just an amazing song. Come, let me love you. Let, my, let me give my life to you. Let me drown in your laughter. Let me die in your arms. Let me lay down beside you. Let me always be with you. Come, let me love you. Come, love me again. He wrote this incredible song about his wife, but his wife commented on, because he died of a tragic plane crash, that it really was more of a prayer. And I just think it's an extraordinary song. And I think we're really running out of time. And we'll be seeing you next time on a tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday at 11 to 12 on KWWJ KYOK. And we'll see you next time. You fill up my senses, come fill me again. All right. Facebook, you're here with me, Gilbert Garcia, Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer. And we've been having a conversation with Amazing Place leader, Miss Jill Thompson. And of course, our whole discussion today was about, I'll, I'll just call it mental illness. Well, it's not really mental illness, brain disease, brain disease. Brain disease. And that is under the umbrella of dementia, which has many things, including Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, all kinds of things. And you know, it's one of those things that people don't like to talk about it, but they should. And it impacts all of us. And the more we talk about it, the more people will be free to seek help. And the more um, people will be able to live fulfilled lives. I mean, we've got to talk about it. It's no different than I was the um, I don't know the right word, the the grand poobah or the what or the gala chairman for Race for the Cure, mm -hmm. which was about breast cancer. And it wasn't until I did that and I was promoting breast cancer and so forth, as far as early detection and other things, everyone would say, I had it. I had breast cancer. My mom had breast cancer. My wife had breast cancer. You don't realize how many people have it till you talk about it. And that reminds me of this. I guarantee you, we all know someone who is dealing with a loved one, either they're taking care of a loved one or they themselves are going through dementia right now. That's right. That's right. As I mentioned earlier, one in three individuals over the age of 65 have some form of dementia. And that jumps to one. What did I say? It's one in nine at age 65 and jumps to one in three at age 85. So we are all we all probably most likely know someone with dementia whether it's a family member, a church member, um, a close friend, a distant relative, uh, we're all gonna be affected by it. Well, I so appreciate you being here with us today. I wanna give you the last word and make sure you tell us about the new facility in Katie you're trying to do. Make sure you tell us about the, um, the, uh, the session for people to train them how to be a caregiver and make sure you mention your website and your phone number. All right. So again, we serve those people with dementia through our day program. And then we serve the community and the caregivers through our connections program. Um, primarily our caregiver support group and our caregiver education class. It's called the Savvy class. Um, and then again, through our care consultation, I want to reiterate that on our website, which is www www.amazingplacehouston.org there is a red bar you can click on that red bar fill in your information and somebody's going to get back with you whether that's 
you just want more information about the day program or you are struggling uh, as someone with dementia or a caregiver about what to do next, um, we can be there to help you. Um, the, the growth in Katy is, Katy, Texas is, is the 55 plus community is booming out there. And so uh, dementia is everywhere. And so we are in the middle of a campaign to build a Katy West facility um, out in that area off of Fry Road. We already have land and we're in the middle of the campaign um, for the building uh, to build the building. And so we're really excited about that. And we're excited about a grant that we received recently from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services administering uh, administer, administration to community living to partner with our Hispanic community churches for a linguistically and culturally appropriate um information on dementia and caregiving. And so we're really excited about that um, program that's that's coming up as well. Wonderful. Give us the website and the phone number, please. Website is amazingplacehouston.org. And the phone number is 713-552-0420. Amen. Well, I'm going to give you the last word. Anything else you want to say to Houston? Just Houston, we need to be aware of those with dementia and we need to support them and work collaboratively with their caregivers um, to, and have understanding for them and what they're going through and support them as well. Well, we have Miss Jill Thompson of Amazing Place. You can see this aura of goodness around her somehow because, you know, she's working with some of the people who need some of the most help of all and you can just see it and feel it in her. My studio audience agrees. So now we're going to play our last promo and this is it a tip from Gilbert talk inspiration and prayer and we'll see you next time this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia listen to my radio show a tip from Gilbert talk inspiration and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's gospel leader KWWJ 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 a.m. and streaming live on kyokradio.org. Call in at 832-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then.